Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. We're looking at the second episode in Revelation today, Revelation chapter 1 verses 9 to 20. Whereas in the first session we started thinking about how important it is to keep our eyes on Jesus. In this sermon we think about how we can actually start doing that and what it means to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And John's wonderful description of the Christian life as suffering and kingdom and patient endurance. Just to remind you that the uh, Ten Commandments series is going up on the YouTube channel. The first commandment went up this week about how uh, there must be no gods but God and what that means to take our all from him and how we can uh, begin obeying that command, especially in the context of the 21st century. So do have a look at YouTube if that interests you. And just a reminder that you can become a Patreon if you appreciate the work of Understand the Bible and the link will be down below in the description. So thanks so much everyone for listening and for supporting Understand the Bible. I hope that you enjoy. God bless and I'll see you again soon. And so one of the, uh, the, the most important things that we need to do as people just in general is to keep our eyes on the main thing. And that's not just true of us as individuals, but it's true of organisations. It's true of uh, all sorts of things, isn't it? There's an episode of, uh, uh, I think it's Yes Prime Minister, that's one of our favourite sort of sitcoms um, back from the 80s, um, where Jim Hacker, the Prime Minister, he goes to visit a hospital, and it's a newly open hospital, but because of some administrative issue, it doesn't have any patients. And, and yet they say to him, it's, it's well run, it's clean, it's you know, the, one of the most well-run hospitals. And he says, but you don't have any patients. <laughs> and uh, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, that they'd, it was a very well-run, very clean hospital, but they had absolutely no patients, which is the whole point of what a hospital should be like. That's the whole point of a hospital's existence. They'd, they'd taken their eye off the main thing. And we can do that sometimes, can't we? You know, we can take our eye off, off the main thing. Now, last week, we were thinking about Jesus, about how it was important to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And that, that is the message that runs through Revelation. And that is the, the big message of Revelation, how it's important to keep our eyes fixed on him. So what does that actually mean and what does that look like? And today we're going to be thinking a bit more uh, in depth about what it means to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to keep him as the main thing in our, in our lives and in the church. So uh, John, this section beginning in verse, uh, beginning in verse 9, John says that your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Suffering and kingdom and patient endurance. And I read that um, the other day and I just thought, you know, what a description of the Christian life in just a few words. Suffering and kingdom and patient endurance. Those three things together. It, it says everything about the Christian life, doesn't it? It talks about uh, the tension, you know, the suffering and the kingdom. Because we know that Jesus Christ has come. We know that he has begun that process of the kingdom of God, building the, the kingdom of God. But yet we know that it hasn't completely, it's not completely fulfilled yet. We know that there is still suffering in this life. There is still pain, there's still death, there is still opposition and so on. And I just thought putting suffering and, and kingdom together just encapsulates so much about the Christian life. 
And he talks about uh, patient endurance. I, to be honest with you, patience is not one of my strongest um, characteristics. I think I'm more the opposite. And perhaps like a lot of people today, you know, we're used to getting everything now, aren't we? You know, if you want something, you can just go online, order, you know, go on Amazon, wherever it is, order it, and it'll be there tomorrow. If you want a book, you don't even have to wait for it. You can just order the electronic one and you can get it there and then. People want credit so that they can buy something and get it then and then they can pay for it later. You know, we live in an instant world, don't we? You know, we want everything to be fulfilled now in my timing. But God says, no, patient endurance. He says it will be fulfilled in my timing, not yours. And we just need to trust. And, and that's a hard thing, isn't it? You know, we know that the blessings that, that we want, things that we pray for, you know, if, if they happen, uh, if they're already ours, then we, you know, we think, oh, well, that's great. I've, I've already got it. If we have to wait and trust God, that's, it's harder, isn't it? And yet that's what, uh, that's what God says, that we, uh, because we are living in this life where there is suffering and kingdom, we need to, to patiently endure. We need to wait for the Lord to reveal what, he is, uh, what he's doing and the blessings that he's bringing about. And John says, he goes on to say, he, um, I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So John says, I'm no stranger to these things, that I know them from, from the inside. He knew what it meant to, to endure patiently, the suffering in the kingdom. He was, well, we don't know exactly why he was on Patmos. Um, some people say that it was sort of a prison, a prison island, that he'd been exiled and he'd been sent away to this. This, this is a Greek island, which is a, quite a small, about five miles by eight miles, something like that. And... Um, uh, we know that the Romans did use other islands for sort of prison prisoners. So it could have been that, or it could have been that John had had to flee and had gone to Patmos off his own accord because of the persecution. We don't know whatever it was that he was there because of, because of Jesus, that he'd had to be there one way or another. So John knew what it meant to suffer for the kingdom. And he writes, he says, um, uh, here's the voice that says, write... These, uh, this letter to the seven churches, and he gives a list of those, um, those churches there. And as we saw last week, this is a, a, uh, meant to be a universal message. You know, it's not just to these seven churches, but these are representative. But as we look through these messages, it will be a message to us as well. And that's why it's important to study Revelation, because this is not just... Um, Jesus' message to the church then, but it's his message to us now. And this is our, this is for us, as much as it was for them. And then we have this wonderful vision of the Lord Jesus. And it's, it's just a, an amazing picture, isn't it? Um, just, to, just to take some time to dwell on. Perhaps later you might like to, just to reread it and just take a few moments to dwell on, on this, uh, this vision um, it's important to say, I think, that this is not, if you like, a kind of literal vision. That this is, I said about you know, how John took all sorts of bits from the Old Testament and put them together. And I think what we are seeing here is this kind of, it's like a composite picture. You know, it's a picture that's been built up with lots of different pictures 
from the Old Testament. So um, just to give you a few, um, a few things, for example, it talks about a robe reaching down to his feet, like the robes which the priests in the Old Testament uh, would need to wear. Well, what does that say about Jesus? We know that Jesus is our high priest, don't we? We know that Jesus is, is our mediator, the one who, who speaks God's, God's word to us and the one who brings us to God. So he is our mediator between us and God. He's our high priest. It does, uh, it's like the, uh, the ancient of days, isn't it, as well? You know, thinking about the splendor, the, the, vo- um, the, the light, the face um, shining and, and so on, like descriptions of, of the Lord we have in the Old Testament. And it, it made me think of uh, Colossians chapter, chapter 1, verse 15, uh, where it talks about Jesus being the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Now, when we look at Jesus, we are seeing, we're seeing the Lord. You know, we see uh, the, the, the image of the invisible God and, you know, the unity that he has with the Father. And that, again, is something which comes across very clearly in John in all his writings, that unity of the, the Father and the Son. When we look at the Son, we also uh, see the Father. And this image of, of Jesus is it's a bit like the, the visions of um, angels and messengers, isn't it? And again, you know, you think about an angel, you know, who came to deliver a message from God. And we have this picture of um, Jesus who has the, uh, the double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Um, um, you think about, uh, for example, Hebrews chapter 4, uh, Verse 12, Hebrews 4, verse 12, which says, and I can find it, here we go. The pages all stick together. I think it's because my hands are cold. Here we go. Uh, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So that there we have it, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. And that's Jesus' word, and it comes from him and, and speaks to us. So this kind of wonderful picture of, of everything that Jesus is, he's our prophet, he's our king, he's our priest, you know, all of these things, this is what this vision is, is encapsulating in all sorts of, of ways. And it's, it's, it's a picture of unimaginable splendour, isn't it? And I think that's, that's meant to be the, the impression that we receive, this, this image of unimaginable splendour. And yet, he walks among the lampstands. He's standing among them. And we find out uh, in a, a few verses that the, uh, the lampstands are the seven churches. So there we have this picture of Jesus, the one who is, you know, the king, the one of, of unimaginable splendour, being there dwelling among the churches, among the lampstands. You know, he's, he's splendid, but he's also near. And he says uh, in verse 17, well, when, when John saw him, I fell at his feet, which is um, the, the response when we see the glory of the Lord. And all through the Bible, think about Isaiah. You know, he, he says, woe is me. You know, when he saw the Lord, he saw that vision. And uh, think about Peter, 
uh, when uh, Jesus, uh, he saw who Jesus was, he says, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And that's that, that instinctive reaction that we have when we see the glory of the Lord. We realise our own sinfulness and our own lowliness uh, before him. But Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I think do not be afraid is the most oft repeated command in the Bible, actually. Do not be afraid. And he says, uh, I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So he says, even the thing which we are most frightened of, which is death, says you don't need to be afraid even of that. He says, I was dead, but I'm, I'm alive forever and ever now. And, uh, and he says, I hold the keys now of death and Hades. He says, if you trust in me, there is nothing to be afraid of because I have those keys. And I, if you know me, that's all you need, which is good because that's all we've got. But, it, but it's all we need. And he says, uh, write, write what you've seen and what is now and what will take place later. And he's saying this is meant to be an encouragement to us now. We know we're getting a glimpse, if you like, behind history. We're getting a glimpse into what the, uh, what the workings of the universe, the workings behind the events of the universe. And this is meant now to be an encouragement to us. That's why Revelation was written, as an encouragement to us. To, to carry on with this patient endurance that John is talking about. So let's draw a few threads together, just a few things to, uh, for us to remember as we come to the end of, uh, of this passage. The first thing is, with a king like Jesus, how can we be dismayed? It's easy to be dismayed with all of the things going on. I mean, I know many people have got lots of things going on in their own lives at the moment. And that, that's often enough, isn't it? But if we look at the events that are happening around the world, um, all of the, as Jesus put it, wars and rumours of wars and all of the, the things that are happening, it's so easy to be down or to be dismayed about what's happening. But look at that vision of Jesus. You know, he's great and glorious and powerful and he's near. You know, he's not remote and far away, but he's near. He's standing among the lampstands you know, in the church, in the midst of the church, controlling all things for the good of his people. And that's a wonderful picture and it's an encouraging picture. And I think the thing which I was most struck by as I was preparing for this is just how, you know, that the glorious Christ just draws near to us and that's almost impossible to to get your head around really isn't it thinking that this this Jesus here is the one who draws near to us and that that's a recipe for not being dismayed isn't it remembering that this Jesus is the one who draws near to us in in our suffering in our whatever we're going through day by day but just in the world you know, that he is present in the world. He hasn't given up and abandoned it. So we should commit, and the second thing is we should commit to this uh, suffering and kingdom and patient endurance, to the, that, that vision of the Christian life 
as John puts it. There's a song which um, our girls like, which is by um, a children's, well, I mean, he's a, he, he does adult songs as well, but it's, it's called Colin Buchanan, and the song is called God um, uh, Never Slips Up. God Never Makes Any Mistakes. And, and I just thought God never drops the ball. You know that we can have confidence to commit ourselves to his ways and to his path, to this suffering and kingdom and, and patient endurance. Because we know that he doesn't make mistakes. Unlike human leaders who will sometimes, um, you know, make mistakes or sometimes do things wrong, as, as we know. But that's, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Jesus is not like that. And we can commit ourselves to his ways and his path with complete confidence. Because Jesus is just as much the king in suffering and hard times in our lives or, or in the world, wherever it may be. He's just as much king in those times as he is in the good times. And we can have confidence in him. And the final thing is that we should not fear. That we should not fear. We should remember that Jesus is the victor. And that's the big, one of the big bullet point messages of Revelation, that Jesus has won the victory over every kind of sin and evil, even death itself. Jesus has won the victory. So we don't need to be afraid when we're on Jesus' side, because Jesus has won the victory. So this is written, Revelation is written to say, don't be discouraged. Don't be tempted to turn away from Jesus. Keep going with him. Keep going in that, that suffering, that kingdom, that patient endurance. Because Jesus is the king. He has got everything in hand. He is the victor. And if we continue with him, we too will be victorious. Let's stick with him and let's keep our focus on him. Let's keep the main thing as Jesus. Keep seeking him and his will in our lives and as a church. Not being afraid, but trusting in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful vision of the Lord Jesus and all that it says about um, who he is and, and who he is for us. We thank you, Lord, that although he is, um, has unimaginable splendour, we thank you, Lord, that he stands among us, among his church. And we pray that you would help us just fill our eyes, Lord, in all of our circumstances, our every situation, with that vision of Jesus, that we may stand with him and that we may commit ourselves to that, that path of, of suffering and kingdom and patient endurance, to wait for you in everything. And we pray uh, these things in Jesus' name. Amen.